Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted once again for real, Dane, by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. As uh, our last visit here, we uh, we broke camp and ran to the studio and uh, paid Steve a visit for the first time all season, which we, we don't mind doing, but uh, we don't like to do on a regular basis because our equipment blew up. But uh, we are live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, and tonight the special was the uh, beef and cheese sandwich, and I had it, and it was wonderful. Half of it I have left for lunch tomorrow, and... Uh, that's always, always the key, always is to have a little key. leftover for lunch tomorrow. Yeah. So, Rex, we were apart from each other this weekend uh, for the first and last time, I think, all season. Not but, really, uh, though, because I listen to you, you listen to me, we text each other 8 million times. So This is true. Uh, it, was a, it was a good weekend of coverage, and I certainly appreciate everybody who sent in kind words about what we were able to accomplish, and I think... I think we did a pretty nice job of it from a standpoint of having three teams. I mean, to be real honest, adding South Adams really made the day that much more difficult. And uh, unfortunately, the the day could have been easier for us had South Adams and Adams Central stayed next to each other. But when Adams Central started shifting towards the winner's bracket side and South Adams lost, I mean, at one point, Josh was standing up, looking over, and, you know, it was all floor standing no seats for anything and you're looking over people's shoulders and you can kind of see the track wrestling scoreboard and then when track wrestling went out we lost that opportunity to bring you some of those updates and so you know we did the best that we could and there certainly was a lot of wrestling on the radio on saturday well we were very lucky that the fact that the uh belmont stayed in the big gym and never got pushed out to the uh cafetorium into the lobby area but uh, i tell you what i grabbed several of the Jay County people and commended them on their efforts to put that together because it was monumental, uh, all the things they had to do. And they broke it down and had a basketball game that night. And it just, I mean, they they run a good tournament. They keep things flowing. There was never a time when it seemed like things were lagging. And uh, it, it went smoothly, and I, I commend them on the fantastic job that they did. Well, I think one conversation that sticks out to me from this weekend was with Greg Ratliff, who was sort of the grand poobah of the whole thing along with J.D. Mensch and, of course, Pat Colt. But we were talking, you know, the coaches' association is to a point where they're so active and they have so many different projects going on and so many different, you know, hats that they've thrown, the the rings that they've thrown their hats into. They almost need a full-time employee. Yeah. And Greg and I were talking about that. And then I was reminded of that because, you know, Franklin, Jay County, they hosted the girls' regional on Friday night. They had to coordinate all of those workers, and then they hosted the team state tournaments, three out of the four, and then they were hosting you know, these three different sites and putting it all together. And then Franklin hosted the middle school tournament the day after, correct? And it was the same people working then. I mean, Coach Tante was a little bit in a grumpy mood on Saturday morning when I asked him for a, for a table, but I definitely understood why, because it was a long weekend for them, and um, you know, a shout out to Coach Tante. You could, I could hear it in his voice. He said, "Dane, this is the first time that I haven't been involved in Team State as a coach in 20 years." And if you think back to his teams at Warren Central and at Perry Meridian and just where he's been, this is the first time that they haven't they haven't been involved. And Franklin was going last year in 3A, and so he said, "You know, we're we need to get back to that." But those Franklin kids and parents and volunteers, you know, it's kind of like the old Team State. Uh, semi-states when you hosted and you weren't guaranteed that you were going to be playing in it. Or one of those years, I know uh, 
Belmont's had to host girls basketball regional, and they lose a heartbreaker in the sectional finals to Norwell, and then the girls have got to come help and, and watch the team that beat them move on, and I think that's what it kind of felt like for, for Tante and some of those Franklin parents. So kudos to them for, for putting it all together, and the 3A gym was loud. The 1A gym was loud, but anytime you're trying to run a tournament out of a field house, I think B.J. Froat made a nice point. He said it kind of feels like an AAU tournament yeah. where you just kind of show up, you follow your own kid, you don't really find yourself being able to keep track of everything else that's going on. Well, the, the thing that uh, Franklin and Tante and their group had an advantage, they didn't have a team wrestling so they could focus on it. You know, the, the Jay County people, they were trying to cheer on their team and run the tournament, and it was uh, not easy for them to get all that done, but I tell you what, they did, they did a fine job of it. So, Well, people forget how much help it takes to, to run all of that, and you need someone, you know, for every two or three mats that's available that's not doing anything to put out those fires. And I know when track wrestling went down, you know, <laughs> every person who was, who was uh, in charge of the technology was trying to figure out what to do next, and it was kind of funny because I heard the one lady tell the table help, um, you know, we could do this old school. And one of the younger kids, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Now, they did do that on the, the th two mats that were out in the uh, cafeteria area. They had to drop down and go to paper, and then Pat was able to get it back up. We did not suffer by having track wrestling down because we were on a break, and we were not on the air, so it didn't really affect us. And by the time I got back up to go on again, track wrestling was back up. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that that I thought about on the way home on the drive was it felt like for a while we were just trying to get it over as soon as possible. And I understand that sentiment, and I, I even talked to Eric Myers about it a little bit, and he's like, man, it's such a long day already. But I certainly appreciated the 4A final, being able to, to listen to it for a little bit. But, I mean, they let those 4A kids that were in the finals – sit back, rest. But even then, most of the other 4A participants probably went home. There's obviously an idea out there that you hold off and you wrestle the finals with everybody there, and then you wrestle the third and fourth, fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth. But at the same time, when you're bringing people from across the state, it's difficult to extend somebody's evening by three hours when they've already stayed overnight <laughs> and, you know, done those things. But it did feel like Adam Central lacked any sort of cheering block because they were, they were off on the side in the finals. They got down early, and the Tell City fans were never really able to get into it because of where they started. But like a lot of the other loud crowd, they were way out of the way. They couldn't even just, as, as passerbys, look and see what was happening. I don't know. It just seems very anticlimactic to me. Now, obviously, with the home crowd at, at two-way, it seemed like they were very loud. They, they were, because the Western people came into the same corner that the Jay County people, their home spot where they always sit, and the Western people kind of came into that corner because they were in the mat right in front of us, and uh, it was very heated. I mean, it was it was a good match, and uh, just saw Western pull away a little bit, but uh, the crowd was still into it that late in the day. Well, the problem was, too, these, they got these little tiny bleacher sections, maybe six, seven rows deep, and maybe five, six seats wide with uh, uh, a stairs that takes up 50% of the, the overall width. So you're maybe putting 30 to 35 people in those, and there's maybe two of those per 
per mat, maybe one and a half, because on the other side you, could, you couldn't look across and see. So it was really difficult. The Adam Central fans did a nice job of transitioning and moving. But when you're there that long, you want to bring your coat and your cooler and all these other things. It just wasn't possible. But I don't know if there's any great solutions other than, you know, spending the big bucks and going to a, a big all-out venue like the, like the Coliseum. Yeah, I know that uh, Jay County put everybody up in the upper deck, and uh, it got a little tight at times, and people couldn't sit where they wanted to sit, and everybody wanted to sit in that 10-foot space between uh, our view and the thing, and we spent all day chasing people out of there, and my wife told me, it's like, uh, you know, make sure you turn your mic off or you start yeah. yelling at people, get out of the way! And it, it was hard for us sometimes, but uh, we did it. Yeah, so join us at our next show. Uh, which is going to be on Sunday next week as we get ready to start talking about the um, the conference tourneys. And, of course, we are lucky because we get to broadcast both of them in their entirety with the ACAC being that next Friday and then the NE8 being the following Saturday. Um, it's going to be an emotional day, and we'll talk more about that later on in the show. But uh, we want to give a shout-out to the Double Eagle for the food tonight and the hospitality throughout the season. And we certainly hope that some people will stick around uh, next week on Sunday for our show, which will start at 7, and uh, maybe we'll get a chance to, to tell some stories. And uh, I didn't tell Steve this beforehand, but uh, I'm going to play these commercials here, so let's uh, go to our first commercial break here on WZBD. Need to get my volume up here, kids. It's in Bistro. Laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included, too, at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Get in, get out, get better. Get healthy in every way. For all your non-emergency medical needs and minor injuries and illnesses, Adams Memorial Hospital offers StatCare. Staffed with people you know and trust, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with no appointment necessary. Patients should use the emergency department entrance for this safe, convenient, and affordable care. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Welcome back to Haggard Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle. Rex Burlong with Dane Filling tonight. And, Dane, uh, we both sound a little kind of worn out. There's a lot of wrestling this weekend. Uh, I think you clocked it. We were on the air about nine hours, and uh, we went back and forth between uh, Franklin, Indiana, and Jay County and Portland. I don't know what the distance between those two venues are, but uh, the, the people running a board for us were able to flawlessly flip the switch and go right from one to the other. And, and I think the people at home really got a good show. Absolutely, and we were able to bring you as much coverage as I think was possible. And uh, if the same setup is that way again, um, we'll 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 do it again next year. We have I, that technology; we know how to do it. 
So let's have a recap, and we'll start with the, the first round of the day that I had, and that was South Adams meeting up with Winnemac. I thought that it was kind of fitting that those two teams wrestled each other as Winnemac was the one who beat out South Adams for the last spot in April. And there's already some discussion going on, Rex, and I don't know, maybe if you have an opinion on this, but, uh, you know, is one team enough, too many, to be voted in in December? There's a lot of different opinions on that. Um, Winnemac ended up, I don't know what place did they did they finish. We didn't really pay much attention to 11th and 12th. They would have been 12th. They finished in 12th place. And so, um, you know, looking at their team, they had a little bit more returning than South Adams. And I think what hurt South Adams is I look back into it. And I, I did try to look back in some of the conversations that were had in that April vote. South Adams really knew that they had a good incoming class of freshmen. But that's not really something that you can tell a committee of, of people who don't know those kids. Yeah, those, those kids aren't going to gain you points. Because everybody thinks that they have a great class of freshmen. And I think we learned enough about South Adams this weekend. And you've seen them enough. But I think we're going to see it more at the ACAC next week, too. That's a really good group of kids. And talking to Coach Gaskell and his brother Josh, who helped us out on the broadcast, and those boys have really grown. And... Another positive for them, too, is they're finally all down to the weight where they wanted to be. You know, some of those kids were wrestling 26 that were now wrestling 13, and they've gotten down to where they really are against like kids, and that that sort of freshman smell has worn off of them. (laughs) And going to an event like this after the ECIC, too, I think they're not going to be overwhelmed by anything that they go to. Certainly, I don't know how. They would be overwhelmed by the ACAC tournament at Woodland no. next week after participating in this. There was a lot of screaming and a lot of yelling, and the Cascade match was kind of an eye-opener. I'd, they hadn't experienced anything like that, certainly not in middle school. Um, and so I think there's a lot of positives, and for Coach Gaskell to, to have his team finish fifth, that's best-case scenario. I mean, absolutely. And I think they all recognized that. And I think they were tickled pink with it. And they thought, felt that they competed with Cascade. But they kind of knew that Cascade was one of those top four teams that was that was better than them. Anyways, in that match against Winnemac, they started off with three wins from those three freshmen. And uh, kind of took off from there. But they got some nice wins. Luke Ballman had a fall in a match that was competitive. And they got a pin from Clayton Troush and A.J. Thompson. Those are two younger guys that are inexperienced in the varsity lineup that still came through and picked up falls. And uh, I, I was really excited for the way that they wrestled, and I think it really propelled them into having some excitement for the rest of the day. Like I said, I think they knew, hey, if we win this, we, we might take a butt whooping, but then we're going to get a chance to wrestle two more teams that are we're right there with and we think we belong with. And so the match against Cascade, you know, they lose 56-24. They weren't able to stop that momentum. Coach Curry took note. He told me before their Cascade match, look, we have to make sure that we don't let them sort of just run away with it at the beginning because of where they started. And so I think that's what Cascade did. Kudos to Coach uh, to Coach Harris and his staff, although they did stand in our way a lot <laughs> on Saturday. So it is what it is. Oh, and I also, before I forget, I have to brag to you a little bit. I did get some Hobart s- swag did that, you? You, that you did not get, so. Come on, Coach Cook. Cookie and I go back since he was a little boy. So Hobart, they they had a good day too. They were they were excited with what they accomplished. We'll talk about three eight a little bit more. So what you needed, Dan, you should have got one of those uh, scissor lifts. 
Yeah. And you just spin in it, and you just drove yeah. back and forth between mat to mat. You think the extension. boss would have approved? Just see what you can I'll talk. tell you what, a couple of those heavyweights, you throw your opponent into those scissor lifts, they'd be going down. <laughs> Juan Cruz and, and Zach Worm. Uh, but the it was Cascade won the first six bouts, I think. Uh, five falls, one tech fall. But as Isaiah Meyer showed that he's awfully good um, and that South Adams is happy to have him at 138 pounds. Colt Bullenbacher looked much better than what he was at the beginning of the year. Silas Loshi did cut down to 152. Um, I think it's the only time all year that he's going to. Um, but he looked awfully good. And then uh, Somerset was the only other winner for South Adams as they, they only won four or five bouts. Then they got to pick up Bluffton. And uh, the best performance there, I thought that Nathan Plattner showed a lot of heart, uh, only giving up a major to, to Brody Lewis. Colton Bullenbacher uh, won with a fall in the first period. And then Silas Loshi, I don't think, thought he was going to get a tough match against Chris Castaneda. But he did what he needed to do when he was on top to make sure that they won that match. And that sort of sealed the victory for them as they split the next four matches. And that put South Adams up against Prairie Heights. And I tell you what, that was, a, I think, a situation where Prairie Heights thought that they might have a shot at making the semifinals, and they didn't. And South Adams was tickled pink to be wrestling for fifth and sixth, and South Adams just steamrolled them. Hmm. I mean, it was uh, – I didn't get really a chance to, to see it in person because we were two mats over. That was on mat one, and we got moved to mat five. Um, at my behest, because I told Greg that there was more seating down at five than one. Why did you put the finals on Matt one? Um, but, you know, Silas Loshi beats Matt Levitz. Anytime you can pick up a win over hmm. Levitz at Prairie Heights, it's a good one. And uh, there were some other good wins in there. Once again, Clayton Troush, A.J. Thompson picked up wins, and uh, Brian Roll scored a fall at heavyweight for South Adams. So, you know, some of those guys that you don't necessarily count on for wins in dual meets, they get to go to a tournament like that, and they get to pick up a fall in a match that they win. They may have gone one and three on the day, but they they leave with some confidence saying, man, I helped the team today. And I think that's one of the important things about the tournament. And then you moved on, and uh, what did you have for the Adam Central matches? Let's just stay in 1A then. Yeah, let's stay at 1A, and uh, we'll keep an eye on our on our spots here so that we don't forget about all of our fine sponsors. we got to talk about... you got four minutes plus a spot you need in there. About Team Entreware in a little bit, but let me go back to where I was. Oh, no, I lost my spot. <laughs> oh, Adam Central. Yeah, AC obviously had the bye in the first round, and then Bluffton knocked off Cowan. And I know Coach Abbott kind of had a frown on his face the whole day, and they, they just weren't... I don't think they were at full strength. I think they were missing one but they just kind of looked flat in a couple spots. And uh, I give a shout-out. That's why we brought Josh on as, as, an, as, a, as a color guy. He had it figured out with about four or five bouts left. He said, Dane, I think, I think Bluffton's going to get him here. They had just the right amount left, and that pushed Cowan. Did they end up finishing? They ended up uh, finishing in uh, eighth, ninth. They in took ninth. ninth. They beat Southmont. 48-30. So they were the class of that bottom four, but the loss to Bluffton put them there. And honestly, Bluffton didn't deserve to be seated any higher with what they had done. Um, but they wrestled really, really well in that match. And, uh, you know, they ended up finishing seventh. I think they ended up beating North Posey. 40-34. Yeah, Coach Sprunger was, was awfully happy about that one. 
uh, he was giving me a hard time at the beginning talking about uh, the venue, and he said, this is ridiculous. And I said, well, just wait till we move individual state next year to... Who some, knows where? We, don't, we still don't know where it is. And he says, I'm going to hold you responsible <laughs> if that happens. I said, don't hold me responsible. You know, for South Adams to get fifth and Bluffton take seventh and then Adams Central takes second, I mean, the, the area schools, not just be Adams County, but the area schools, I think, fared very well in 1A. Absolutely. And, you know, when you have a situation like that with three teams from the same conference, they kind of all go together. Either Adams Central is really good, and so South Adams and Bluffton can be moved up, or... You know, if Bluffton's that close with them, then AC must not be that good. I think they showed, hey, all three of those teams were awfully good. Well, I think those three teams are the class of the ACAC for sure. Yes. I mean, that's they're going to besides go. besides Jay County, but it, yeah, yeah it, I'm it, sorry, Jay County's still there. But with with two A, but in one A for sure. They'll go one, two, three, four with those four schools. Yeah. So Adam Central only gives up 12 team points against mm-hmm. Bluffton, uh, 58 to 12. One of the highlights there: Juan Cruz beats Sackworm 4-0. Um, in one of the battles of the smallest six-pounders you'll ever see, <laughs> Miles Carr pinned Will Fredinger uh, at 106. I'm trying to think of what else was notable there. Eddie Everett came in and beat Brody Lewis 8-2. to two. It was an inspired performance, and I know Josh uh, noted that too, that it was pretty impressive that he came in and, and beat that. Now, one thing, the other Lewis boy for Bluffton, he's done for the year the way the Bluffton Coaches made it sound, and he hasn't wrestled all year, and that's a big loss for them. They thought that they were going to have him. Is that Austin Lewis? I think, that, so- I think yeah. that sounds right. Yeah. And then Adam Central beats Cascade. While we're talking about this, we have to give recognition to both Miles Carr and to Jarrett Smith. Those two boys got their butts kicked. I mean, absolutely. Got thrown to the wolves. I mean, cross faces and cradles and just roughed up. And they never gave up, and it was very obvious that they were out there not to get pinned. And they fought off, each of them fought off either three or four times off their back. I mean, they were breaking holds on, on, on cradles. They were peeling off half Nelsons. They were rolling through, and they came off, both of them, in tears. But I think they were almost happy tears because they knew that they had done what they needed to do, but dang, did it hurt. Well, there's times when... Your job is not to win because you know you don't have a chance to win, but your win is either not get tech fault, not get majored, or not get pinned. So a, sh- a shout-out to both of them. Uh, Miles Carr, 15 nothing loss, but honestly, the Cascade kid was mad when he walked okay. off the map. He knew that even though it was the second bout of the day, that they needed six points there to get the momentum rolling. And I, I think also kudos to Coach Curry for recognizing it. You know, sometimes second fourth bout of the night you're not going to your kids and saying hey stay off your back um you know go out there and try to keep it to a decision i mean it was pretty obvious right from the start the goal here is we're going to give up a tech fall and we're not going to get pinned well i I tell you what if you're in the finals wrestling you have a lot better attitude than if you're wrestling for 11th and 12th so adam central ends up winning 41 37 i know i talked to keegan bloom a little bit and he said we kind of thought we had lost it because they lost at 160. They lost at 172. Reynolds and Heiser both got pinned. And so Adam Central needed basically three wins in the final three matches. They were down 37-23. So they, were, had, they needed 14 and to tie. Two, two had to be pins, right? Two of them had to be pins. And they got the pin in the third period from Wyatt McAfee. And Keegan said, you know, that really took the pressure off of me. It was kind of a Henry Kukulhan versus Norwell 
incident where I think Henry gets that win if that's an individual tournament. But Henry had to pin in that match for Belmont to win, and he ended up losing because of it. Bloom didn't need that. He got the fall anyways, but he was able to wrestle much more his own style. And so they finish with pins from McAfee, Curry, and Bloom, and they make it to the finals. And, you know, to be real honest, you know, Coach Harris is a big fan of the show, and he's probably listening right now. I mean, they were pissed. No, I, they, I, they, they, they felt that they belonged in the finals, and you could tell that Adam Central took it from them. I know, I know I had that same uh, – I witnessed that same thing because we were off that match. I was down watching the Belmont-Delta match, and Delta did some switching around, and then Tim switched, and he bumped Duke to 82, and Duke was mad. He said, I wanted that kid bad. So he goes out against an 82-pounder, and he's got a tech faller pin this guy. And I tell you what, I don't care who you are, big jump between 70 and 82. And if you go out and you can beat an 82-pounder if you're a 70-pounder, good one like Duke. But pinning him or tech falling him, that's a whole other thing. And this kid was strong, and he just stalled his, stalled his hind end off. He, he knew his job was not to get pinned. And a big 82-pounder wrestling a 70-pounder, it's easy not to get pinned in that situation. And Duke was mad. He come off and said, dude, you take the match you have to do. You did your job, and you did the best you could. Get over it. And he was, he was upset by it. But In the finals for Adam Central, it started perfectly for Tell City. Tell City had their two forfeits, the very last two bouts, so Adam Central needed to be within 12 with two to go, and it just wasn't in the cards. Maverick Dubois did pick up a win at 120, but you know they brought in Hammock from Tell City, probably their best wrestler. He comes in and beats Cook 9-1. to Allman comes back, forces overtime, and then that just kind of made that kid mad at Kelby Glenn, and he went right at him and, and got the takedown. Uh, Eddie Everett got pinned in a minute. Caden Funk got pinned by Tice DuPont from Tell City, and it just kind of snowballed. And Like I said, Tell City didn't even really celebrate in a way because they, they really didn't have anything to celebrate. They, it, was, it was a butt whooping, kind of like Belmont and Jimtown a few years ago yeah. when uh, the Mambas were wrestling. It wasn't really all that – there wasn't much of a climax to it, but kudos to them. It's three years in a row. I know they felt slighted not being the number one seed, being the two-time defending champions, but – I mean, in 1A, when you're giving up 12 points, it really depends on matchups. And, you know, to only have 12 guys in a varsity lineup makes their their feet even that more impressive. You know, but Tell City takes out Rochester, the number one seed, uh, 38-36. And uh, maybe we can talk about that later on uh, as we get through there. But uh, we've kind of extended through this uh, first period here. We've drifted into the second period a little bit. So let's take an opportunity. Let me play these commercials and be back with more High School Wrestling Weekly here on WZBD. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724 724- 
3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best. Paul Baker Drywall. So, Dane, let's just call this Retro Night <laughs> as we drop back and we uh, thank our sponsors from last year's season. And I can open up the folder with this year's sponsors in it, and I can play a couple of those commercials. But uh, we'll be good to go. We, we appreciate the sponsors that we had last year. Absolutely. They were ones that got us off the ground and, and running and got us into our rhythm of, of recapping all of the action for all of our fans. And I heard from a lot of people on Saturday. It's funny how people get your number or contact you on Facebook, and then they kind of remind you every Saturday that they're listening. But in a way, it, it, it's kind of nice to know that someone is listening and that they do appreciate somebody's they, listening they know they know that you're that you're on and i did talk to a lot of people who said yep i had it on the whole day i listened to it in the background of everything that i was doing and you know with being able to put it on your phone and if you don't usually listen to wzbd on your phone i mean for me i do a lot of work on my phone between a couple jobs but uh you know simple radio app it, it works great you don't ever have to search it it's the first thing that comes up. I hit the button to open the app on my iPhone, and I hit the play button, and I listen to it uh, anywhere that I'm in the house, and I, I try to keep track of, of what's going on. And, you know, you and I were concerned this morning because we weren't sure what was going on, but <laughs> I'm sure everybody appreciates us keeping track, keeping tabs on them back in yeah, the studio. I leave I leave for work at 6 o'clock in the morning, and if I don't hear Tony G, is like, what's up with that? But uh, Yeah, I didn't make ACSN this morning, though. <laughs> It was all you. They didn't give me. They didn't give me any highlights. I so I have no idea if I was actually on the air on See, Saturday. I, I'm in the building before ACN comes on, so I don't. I don't get to hear those. So I do want to tell you that nobody handles screen printing and apparel like Team Montreal in Bluffton, providing high quality and creative apparel for South Adams football, Belmont wrestling, and many others in our area. Team Montreal takes all the work coaches and volunteers used to do including myself, taking orders and collecting money and does that work for you. Set up an online store and let the local experts at Team Mantra take care of the rest. From custom designs to a wide array of apparel and gear, Team Mantra is your home for all your team apparel needs. If you are a wrestling parent or coach and you are getting ready for the upcoming postseason, Rex, we know how wrestling teams love T-shirts, get your design in. No one will have to know that you're potentially jinxing your own kids. Uh... Call Kyle. He'll get a, a shirt made up that all you have to do is insert the names and the weights, and you'll have a semi-state qualifier shirt, you know, on Monday. And you'll be able to sell it, and he'll have them printed, and you can pick them up by Friday. If you're ready for, you know, individual state, and you're going to have your shirts made, he will have the design ready for you. The online store, you don't have to do anything. You just, he'll, he'll ship them from Bluffton. He'll drive them to your high school. Anybody within, I bet, an hour, an hour and a half range, he'd do that for you. You know, I, I did have several people come up to me and said, hey, we did, we missed out on those those uh, high school wrestling weekly shirts. And I said, well, Dana and I are going to open up the uh, the uh, online store again, and I'll probably next week we'll probably go and open that up and see how long we leave it open, maybe run towards the end of the tournament series. But uh, let's see if we can get a couple more items uh, thrown in there. Uh, I had a friend of mine bought one of the stocking caps, and it was pretty cool. Had high school wrestling weekly on it. Uh, there so. were a couple of sightings of the shirts down at Franklin. Were there? There were. There South were. of Jay County. Huh, yes, there were. 
So let's recap a little bit for... Uh, that wasn't your family with you? With you right? No, no. My wife was the only one. She didn't have hers on, so... You didn't have yours on either, probably. No, I didn't. You I know, know you I didn't. didn't. Um, what, can we say, what can we say about, about Saturday? And we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but obviously, and I wrote this in the paper today, you know, it's silly to not include in the story what has transpired in the last 48 hours. We lost Paul. Um, you know, you go from the show that we did out in the pavilion. Um, you know, Paul was ready to be our assistant coach at Belmont this year, and now he's gone. And to expect those boys to not wear that on their sleeves is just silly. And so, you know, I think you have to give kudos to them for the way they wrestled in the first round. But then I think after they take that loss against Western, I think even Coach Sean Farrow said it today. You know, it, it was hard. It was hard to ramp back up. Yeah. And, and come out with passion because you won last year. You know you're not going to win this year. You know you're going to finish fifth at best. But at the same time, if I, I listened to the whole match against Rensselaer Central as we drove back because we got done so much earlier than you guys did. Um, you know, we saw some really sort of heroic performances. Tate Kirkenberg, yeah. in my story tomorrow, Sean talked about how he asked Tate before the that final bout when Belmont was down one team point. He asked him, Tate, have you ever hit a walk-off hit? Have you ever hit the winning basket? Have you ever? And he's no. <laughs> Here's your try. Here's <laughs> and, a chance. And Sean looked at him and said, well, this is going to be it. And I know you guys, you know, you, you saw the records and you talked and you, you, you thought about everything and you thought, well, this is going to be it. You could smell it. You're going to be a tight one. But he comes out and he gets a first period fall. And certainly Belmont heads home with a positive taste in their mouth. They finish in seventh. I did mention, too, to Sean that Belmont's never finished lower than seventh in the tournament, and he came back to me and he said, Dane, we've only ever finished first, second, or seventh. <laughs> Nothing and, in I, between. and I didn't realize that, that we've won uh, three titles, we've finished third, or I'm sorry, we finished second three times, and we've finished seventh now three times. Um, so kind of an interesting uh, coincidence there, but uh, what were your your overall thoughts? I don't know what match you want to start with. New Prairie had some outstanding individuals, and we wrestled some of them pretty tough. I know that uh, before our match, AJ had looked at it, and he goes, this is going to be a tough match for us. And, and uh, going in, uh, you know, we start at 285, and uh, Ivana got uh, pinned in 257 by, by a big, strong kid. And then Ethan Curtis comes out and gets a win, nice win, and uh, Tate Kirkenberg uh, gets a fall in a minute 27. And uh, one of the guys that AJ and I both, uh, talked about Will Franzi. Will Franzi has really come around, and you know, from now to three weeks ago, he's improved seventy-five percent probably. And when I asked BJ this morning uh, over coffee, which we usually do in the mornings before first period, that's the one name that he said was Will Franzi. We really learned something about him this weekend, and that spot is his now. Yeah, um, he's he's not going to give it up, and he's going to be your varsity guy at, at conference and sectional, and and hopefully beyond that. You know, and then they they get rolling. They get Chandler Thomas gets a win. Wolpert gets a win. Uh, then uh, Jean Paul gives up a fall. That kid uh, was undefeated, right? Yeah, Hoiberg. he was. Yeah, yeah. He, he's ranked like two in his semi-state, I think, and, and high in the state individually. And then uh, Luganville gives up a 5-0 decision. He gets another Lewis, the Lewis kid that's ranked like second in his semi-state. Palacios, another one of those freshmen that just wrestled lights out all day long. And I tell you what, 
when he weighs in at 52 and you get the opportunity of him to go 52 or you can bounce Gavin Davis to 60, Davis is a huge 52-pounder. He can wrestle 60 all day long with those guys, and that's a great opportunity, especially with Team State when you can flip and mix them like that. Palacios wrestled so well all day. That's an interesting storyline heading into next season is where those two end up because I do think that uh, Xavier really is uh, – would be a lot better at 152 pounds, and he's been forced to wrestle up at 160. So what does that look like? Does Davis move up, and maybe Palacios is able to stay at 152? Um, you know, for Gavin's perspective, I'm guessing he's not going to want to go up at all the next two years, but he's it'll big. be interesting I, to see. I think he's going to grow out of 52. He's just, he's just a big kid. He wrestled well. Duke wrestled well. Uh, Austin... Uh, Gets uh gets he was ahead of that way, match right way ahead and got caught in a headlock got pin uh, and then the rest of the way Martin Martin gets a big fall at the end and uh, so New Prairie was not as big a foe as uh, Belmont uh, thought they were going to have but uh, it it all went okay I asked I asked Ryan Fawbush I said hey you got your varsity debut he said uh, yeah that was a lot of fun wasn't it he got pinned in 38 seconds I think it was a good idea though to hold Henry back. Potentially, he was going to have a long day with some yeah. really tough competitors, and you know we've had this argument for 20 years, going back to Team State Rex. But I mean, once you've locked up that win in those early rounds, and you know you're going to be in a dogfight, that you're going to need every ounce that you've got, it's tough not to to send some some backups out there and save your guys. And then the Western match. Well, well here's here's how it went. Dane says, hey, we're going to be done. We're going to be coming back. And you came back, and our match had only started about five minutes before you came back. And in five minutes, we'd given up five pins. And then we gave up a decision, a 3-0 decision, as uh, at uh, Luganville got defeated 7-0. But we didn't, we didn't score a point on the mat until Mitchell Betts gave Gavin Davis an escape. Western came ready to wrestle. Didn't They're they? studs. I just kept waiting for one of their bad kids to come out, and they didn't send one out. They're just that tough. And then uh, Dylan Pleak uh, gets a 10-2 decision over Plasos, who well, I think he wrestled well. But you know, e either way in those matches, uh, whether it's Betts or Pleak, you know, Xavier's not going to have a chance in that match. Myers come out, gets a fall in 321. Uh, Is that where Christner got hurt then? Christner got hurt. I talked to both referees around the mat, and they said, we didn't see anything. And I think he caught the heel of a hand. A guy went to tap him on the head and hit him with the heel of his hand right on his forehead and just kind of stunned him a little bit. I don't know what the outcome is. I don't know, you know, the prognosis, anything like that. But he went down and just kept holding his head, and like he had a bad headache. And we thought, well, he's going to get back up. And he got up and took his ankle bend off, and it was over. Well, it certainly hurts for Christner not to be able to finish the day and We'll see what that means for the rest of his season and really the rest of his wrestling career. But the, I think the worst part for, for Belmont is they don't really have a true backup there yeah. right now. You know, so um, I don't know if, if Lesnick is somebody who takes that spot. But, you know, we only have one duel left. Conference tournament, sectional. You don't want to give up forfeits there. you gotta, you got to you know, at least fight for fifth or sixth place on some of those events. But And then um, Henry didn't wrestle very well against... Uh, this uh, let's see, G MJ Norman. I think Henry had a better opportunity to, if he sees him down the road, he wrestles that a little bit different. Uh, Martin comes out and gets a fall in 42 seconds because he he had the weakest kid in the in the win in the uh, Western lineup. I think Western just had a guy and he just kind of threw him out there. He's just a freshman and Keegan pins him and then uh, uh, their heavyweight pins Giovanni in a minute 28. So that was just not what you wanted to see. But uh, Belmont after that comes back and 
You know, after you've been defeated once, you think, yeah, let's now, see. I have, to, I have to ask you because I wasn't there, so I didn't see any of it. But is, is Sam Wolpert starting to play out of the Dylan Velez playbook? Because I noticed that Western got hit with an unsportsmanlike at 132, and it seems to kind of be a recurring theme. And good old Sam, I, I love him to death, but he's starting to get under people's skin and, and starting to fire people up. And I think he played, that plays into his strategy of, of, of getting under people's skin and then going after them with his aggressiveness. We were so confused because there was a point missing off the scoreboard, and we kept trying to figure out what was wrong. If anything in that match, I thought Sam would have lost a point because Sam got a little pushy, and then I don't know. We just all of a sudden the point that it was off by a point the whole way through. Well, and you know, we there, out. there is that one magical word that will that will lose you a point immediately. Well, the kid pushed him down. He started to get up, and the kid pushed him, and Sam did something, and the kid turned and looked at him, and then the point came off. So I don't know. We were up in the. I tell you what, so. whenever Sam is wrestling, it's entertaining to say the least. <laughs> So then uh, Belmont goes on, and they, they wrestle against Delta, and uh, they, they end up getting a win over Delta, and then they, uh, they come back and have to, uh, no, they got defeated by Delta, 43-26, and that was one of those matches where the things just kind of played out, and there were some matches that they had to win that they just couldn't win, and then, then uh, Tim went ahead and put some guys in because when he knew the, the match was out of hand, he put a couple guys in to get him some other matches. He did some switch around, and then they go on and wrestle against Rensselaer Central, and uh, wrestle Pretty good match, and he, he switched the lineup around, gave a couple guys uh, some matches in there, but 38-33 uh, tw- is the final there for seventh. How about in that Delta match, Sam Wolpert beats Dalton Tuttle? Yeah. I saw that was 12-10. to 10. I bet that was an inter- entertaining one. Uh, I'd like to look at the scorebook for that. That match shouldn't have been as close as it was. Sam did a couple of things. that uh, He got out of position, and uh, he gave up some things that he shouldn't have given up, and that match shouldn't have been that close. Yeah, it's an, that's an interesting matchup. Tuttle more of an upper body throw headlocker, correct? Yeah. If I remember. And Wolpert very good on the legs. Well. Um, you know, and these are all, and I wrote this in, in tomorrow's paper too, like these are all potential regional regional knockout round matchups. And so you may lose this round, but you've gained something by learning about them, you know, in, in that situation. Tuttle actually hit him in one or if not two headlocks. And Sam never gave up a back point because he got taken down, and you know Sam's kind of rubbery and uh, didn't he didn't go to his back. He went down, may have given up the takedown, didn't give up any back points, and sneaks out the back door and comes back and gets a reversal. So there's a couple of points there that could have maybe not been scored as takedowns as Sam was really not on his back to lose control off the off from their feet and. Yeah, it could have went a little bit different way. The, the match was not as close as it appeared on scoreboard. Well, one sponsor that we do need to talk about tonight is Madman Wrestling Academy. And uh, there were madmen everywhere at all of these tournaments and spread out all over the state. And I know it's crazy to think that we're talking about the end of the season, but we are getting closer to the end of the season. We're only five weeks away from, from the season being over. Um, as you look forward to your young wrestler, uh, getting ready for ISWA State, for the off-season, for summer. We know, and we've seen some top-quality wrestling in the last two weeks. Uh, these guys who are competing at this top level and winning these matches, they don't stop wrestling February 19th or whenever State is. You have to find your spot in your academy or your club or your you know regional training center, and you got to go. And you got to go all the way through till next fall when you decide what weight you're going to go and and what your team's going to look like. But uh, Tim's going to have more information out there about Madman, and that'll, that'll start here on the weekends as soon as, uh, as soon as February rolls around. 
So, Dane, I did pull up this year's sponsors for our show, and let's play three of those right now. We're back with more wrestling here on Hager Hershey's L High School Wrestling Myers Weekly. Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Welcome back to Haggard Hershey's Dale High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle, once again at Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And that last commercial from our friend uh, Jesse Heller slash Meyer, um, she was being a prankster on us. We're right in the middle of a big match, and she comes up right into this thing, and she blocks their view and looks over her shoulder at us and gives us that look because she'd heard us chasing people out of that spot all day long and love her heart. But uh, congratulations for uh, making us shoo her out of there, too. <laughs> That's right. One of our other uh, fine sponsors for this program is the Fort Wrestling Facility, and I know um, we spent some time up there last spring with my youngest son, and their, their winter session started tonight. And if you didn't get up there, you can join them again on Thursday. Nick Duke is the one who's sort of running the Young Hammers uh, session. That runs January 9th to February 23rd. It's 100 bucks. You pay up front. You show up. You get some great instruction. Uh, it's a great group of guys up there who are really only interested in helping young wrestlers get better. And um, that's up on Goshen Road. Uh, junior Hammers, Nick Duke. January 9th to February 23rd, check out the Fort Wrestling Club on Facebook, or you can sign up to thefortwrestling.com. And if you don't want to stay and watch your young wrestler wrestle, you can go next door to break and run and throw some darts or play some pool and have a fine beverage probably. Yeah, and they've got two separate. They've got the beginners program, and then they've got the junior hammers after that. So there's lots and lots of things going on. And honestly, you know, it's a mom-and-pop store. If you want to find out, you know, message the Fort Wrestling Facility on Facebook. Say, I have a kid who is in fourth grade who has wrestled for two years and is nervous about doing any more. When should I send him? And Andy will find you the right spot for that kid. And uh, that's one of the cool things about that. And like I said, nobody's in there to make money, to gain personal glory, to sit in your kid's chair while they're wrestling in a tournament. They are only there to make your kid better. And I think it's one of the great things that's happened in, in in Fort Wayne wrestling in the last five or six years. And, Dane, I know you'll get to it eventually for that spot, but uh, Duke Myers in one of his tech fall matches, uh, as he starts rolling there, I start putting little check marks down there, keeping track for you. And 
he gets to eight, and I said, well, we'll lock down the Johnny's eight street oil oil change, and he gets two bonus ones. So he's got two in a bank for next week. So if we need him for, but uh, guess what? We had two fans show up, two regular fans show up. Uh, they happen to look a lot like you since they're your parents. So uh, guess what? Your parents win a. Uh, must be present to win. <laughs> must be present to win. Must be by, present to by win. By default, they are the winners of the eight street oil change, thanks to Duke Myers and his eight takedowns. Well, I have two good stories to share about eight street oil for me in the last two or three weeks. Uh, you know, I had a, a tire blowout this winter or this summer when we were headed to South Carolina. And we replaced it at the Walmart in Charleston, West Virginia. And I told Johnny, hey, I want to get three new tires on the van to match the other one, but I don't want to go to Walmart and buy the tires. I said, can you do that? He said, absolutely. He went to Walmart. He got the three tires that matched. I have now four matching tires on the, on the van. He changed them while we were at Mishawaka. And when I came back, the keys were in the car. And he said, come settle up you know, when, when you get back. Uh, my ride has been dinged up too many times, as AJ's ad so faithfully tells us. And I told Johnny, I said, i got to get rid of this car, but I don't know what to do with it. It's a junker. It's a clunker. It just needs, it needs gone. It needs gone. He said, I'll take care of it. <laughs> and I think that's one of the nice things about, about working with someone on such a local level is if you work with him, he's going to work with you. And I certainly appreciate everything that he does to support our show and our broadcast. So the most surprising part of that whole story is, I can't believe you drove that van to West Virginia. <laughs> I was surprised we made it to burn the other night for the show last week. It's like, holy cow, man. You it need was, a raise. It was a, it was a lot of fun. That's for sure. <laughs> All six of us it in there. It was entertaining at best. It's an adventure. Well, I think now is probably the appropriate time to uh, share some information about um, Paul and his arrangements. Um, I know that you know Friday the timing wasn't it wasn't good for me because I was driving um, when I got the information and it just kind of was kind of numb about it Friday. And um, I think one of the positives here is the funeral is going to be on Monday. There's not going to be any school. I think it speaks to the impact that Paul had on this community, that his employer, um, where he put his heart and soul into so many years for so many years, has said, you know, we want everybody to be able to 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 go and do this, but uh, they're going to have the viewing on Sunday, starting at two o'clock. It's going to be at Belmont High School. Once again, I think it's very fitting. Um, Paul poured his heart and soul into Belmont going all the way back to 1984 when he was a freshman um, and has, you know, other than his time at Purdue, he has been a part of, of Belmont since then. And it's been suggested to wear a Belmont wrestling attire, uh, Purdue attire, anything uh, Belmont uh, or wrestling related uh, is what has been suggested that you wear to the viewing. Yeah, and uh, you can find the obituary and every, all the other information on, on ZwickJan.com, but um, I'm looking at it here. The funeral services are going to be at 11 a.m. on Monday at Zion here, Decatur, on Monroe Street. They ask you to be there at 10:45 if you're going to go. Um, basically, the church holds maybe 400 people. If you are uncomfortable going or you don't want to, you know, increase the crowd or or for whatever reason, they are going to be broadcasting it on YouTube. And I think, you know, maybe we're a little biased here because of our association with the radio station, but uh, our station is going to air the entire funeral over WZBD uh, live. 
there's not going to be any commentary or anything, but it's simply going to be like Zion's regular church service on, on Sundays. But, you know, the relationship that our station has with the Belmont program and it basically coinciding almost completely with Paul's time and career. You know, Paul was a junior high student when AJ first went on the radio in the early 1980s. I mean, what a tribute that basically the whole city is going to be able to, to, to listen to the final words uh, about Paul. And I, I think it's going to be a, a, a moving, touching service on Monday. I hope that you find the courage to go and express the way you felt uh, about Paul to everybody that's going to be there in mourning, but also in celebration. I think back to all the time that I got to spend with him, especially when he was head coach. And I really kind of tried to help him out wherever he was as he was trying to learn the ropes of what it, what it took to be not just the person who provided the best instruction on the mat that you could probably find anywhere, but all of the little things that a head coach has to do. But when I look back on my time with, with Paul, I think what I respect about him most from a wrestling standpoint is the man loved the sport of wrestling. If you wanted to talk wrestling Big Ten, he would tell you the last Big Ten match that he watched. If you wanted to talk about who you thought the 75-pounder was going to be for Belmont Middle School, he could talk to you for 15 minutes about what those two sixth graders had going up against each other. Um, he was extremely proud of Daniel for the role that he was serving with the middle school now. But I think my favorite memories with him are simply getting done with a long day of wrestling on a Saturday in January or February. And Paul calling me, hey, what are you doing tonight? I don't know. I'm probably going to sit around, drink beer, and talk about wrestling. I'll be over. And he would <laughs> come over and he would stay till who knows what time. And we would talk about everything anything but in the end the man just loved the sport so much and i know that there's going to be a lot of wrestling people there this weekend and he he was able to share that love with with everybody else we saw it when we were doing the any eight duels i mean the man had just come back from brain surgery and what did he want to do what was the one thing that he wanted to do after surviving that <laughs> he wanted to sit in the chair yeah i know that uh, the service will go well as uh, my my mom who when she's not in florida attends uh, Zion Lutheran, and uh, they really liked their pastor there, and uh, he he officiated my dad's my dad's funeral, and uh, j you'll get a real good service. I mean, he is a very uh, energetic young p pastor that uh, I almost called him a priest because I've been going to Catholic <laughs> church for 40 years, but uh, he's a very energetic young pastor, and I'm certain he'll have a a wonderful service. So, um, take some time if you were close to Paul or if you knew Paul. Uh, say a prayer for his family, his three kids, his wife, his mom, his dad, um, his whole family, and come prepared to, to laugh and share a story. I was giving Kyle Lawson a hard time yesterday because I shared the story that one time Paul and I, we, we were going to the seating meeting at the Al Smith tournament, and for whatever reason, I don't know if it was weather, or you know, it's always such bad weather on 30 heading up there, Paul was running late, and I went to pick him up, and I said, Paul, we have to go. We are going to miss the seat. Oh, we're not going to miss anything. They're going to wait for me. I'm Paul Gunsett, first three-time champ they ever had. He made sure to make sure, and, you know, talking about Al Smith the last few weeks, he wanted everybody to know that he was the very first three-time champ. So we show up there, and they got pizza on the outside of the doors um, for, for 
coaches as hospitality, but it's like 702. I said, you're going to go in there? Oh, I need some pizza first. I just drove three hours. I got to get some pizza. You know, Kyle Lawson was our best little guy at that time, and I'm thinking, if we don't get in there, Kyle is not going to get a seed, and we're going to get screwed by this. And, oh, we got time. He gets his little Mishawaka water bottle. He sits down. He starts eating his pizza, and it's kind of dripping down his face. He said, what weight are we on? I said, we're at 138, Paul. We (laughs) missed missed it. You missed Kyle. Kyle said he he didn't hold it against Paul, (laughs) but uh, it was kind of funny at the time. And, and, you know, Kyle's a really emotional kid, and he he said he, he had a hard time knowing how to feel when he heard of the news uh, on Friday. And Kyle's one of those kids who, if you look back at where Kyle was as a fifth or sixth grader, the young man that he's turned out to be uh, with his military involvement, his volunteer coaching, and just be an upstanding young man, uh, he would tell you that his life would be so much different if it hadn't been for, for, for David Paul Gunsett. And, uh, I, you know, we're all extremely lucky to to have known him, and I think I've, I've, I've forced myself to think back of those memories fondly and not be upset and, and not cry, but sometimes it's, it's hard to. Well, that rounds out the third period, and let's uh, play a round of commercials and be back with uh, the overtime section right after this messages on WZBD. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Welcome back to the Hager Hershey's Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly. And he talks about uh, the, the liquor store starting in 1965. That's the year that the Brewer family moved to Decatur. I started my uh, residency in Decatur in 1965. Mom, where was he in 1965? <laughs> nowhere to be nowhere yeah. to be thought of. Yeah, that's we, for sure. We were, we were five years old. Four, <laughs> I was four years old, so. Well, Rex, uh, you know, as we, as we wind up, talking about Paul, I will note that they have asked that memorials either be made to Zion or to Patrick's Education Fund or straight to the Belmont Wrestling Team, Belmont High School. I hope that everybody finds it in their heart to 
to contribute to that as a as a lasting legacy to what to what Paul was able to accomplish. Now, now, Dane, um, there was lots of fundraisers. There was tons of shirts sold. There was wrist bracelets. I mean, do you have any idea what kind of totals we've? I, I know at one time the, the shirt sales were over nine thousand dollars, and uh, I mean it, that's going to be a drop in a bucket for what is has been totaled up here. But uh, every little bit helps. Absolutely, and like I said, I think. Um, a lasting legacy of, of, of a big donation to the thing that he was most passionate about, his kids, and Belmont Wrestling uh, will will last a lifetime. Rex, before we go off the air, we do want to give everybody an update as to what our schedule is for the rest of the week. After we go off the air, we're going to hear the Matt Painter Show on tape delay. We'll have the ACAC Basketball Tournament South Adams at Adams Central tomorrow starting at 6 o'clock. Mike Maki and Matt Conversay. Then on Thursday... You and I will be at Adam Central for the Delta AC match. And then on Friday, and we hope that everybody tunes in, starting roughly with that second round, that round where uh, we get to uh, basically the state placers, we're going to be live from Mooresville High School, the girls' state finals. We've had some great advertisers jump in with us that have never broadcast or advertised, I should say, on WZBD before who are passionate about this sport like you and I are. And so that's going to be roughly in the afternoon. We're thinking maybe 2 o'clock, but it could be earlier. That coverage is going to go all the way up to the start of the ACAC semifinals, which are going to start at 6. Please join us as we jump over to Facebook with Indiana Matt. We haven't figured out how that's going to work yet, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there, and we will bring you the matches all the way through the very last Fort Wayne participant in the finals. Um, so we're gonna, you're going to be able to hear matches uh, Juliano Campo, Mallory Winner, all of those girls that you already know their names, and you're going to learn some new names. Uh, Jay County's got six or seven girls, so please join us for that. And then on Saturday, uh, you and I need a break because <laughs> we've got this girl state finals that we're going to be getting home at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. And then Sunday we've got an emotional day with Paul um, with the viewing, and then we've got a funeral on Monday, and Tuesday we've got a dual meet, so we will not be carrying Saturday's uh, jet invite. We hope that you understand why we won't, but we will have Adam Central Wrestling for you on Thursday and again at the ACAC the following Friday. And, and that's one of those things. We've always talked about the AC Jet Invitational, and it's not easy to cover anyways, and we can't always give it the best of our ability. So if we just take it out and put the girls' state in, I think that's a good switch because if you have not – been out and watched the girls wrestle believe you me you need to because these girls are skilled and i tell you what you watch juliano campo win the uh al smith there are girls as good as her at the girls state that uh, in all different weight classes last year the the two hammers that took out the two belmont girls in the finals those girls were studs so a reminder for our wrestling coverage the rest of the year outside of the traditional saturday schedule we have thursday's match delta and adam central friday's girls state finals Next week, Tuesday, for Belmont and Carroll in the final dual meet of the year for the Braves. And then next week on Friday, we'll have uh, the ACAC finals from, from Woodland High School. And then we go to the NE8 finals on Saturday. Up at Columbia City. You're up there in that corner. Yeah. Looking, You're going to be caddy corner from the Eagle. The big Eagle. So I'll tell you what, uh, thanks for our huge crowd that came out tonight. Huge crowd of two people, your <laughs> mom and dad. Oh, oh, my buddy from work, too. Switch. That's four. That's count four. Of, count of four. We just doubled our, we doubled, our total. Doubled our cool. So once again, uh, tune in next week uh, back on Sunday night. So if it's your Sunday routine and you want to come out and visit us on Sunday night, 
be more and than we welcome would, to. And we would love if anybody is interested and they want to come and share some stories about Paul after the viewing, uh, we would love to put you on air and, and have you share your stories and, and do a little bit of tribute to him too. With that, we're going to wrap up the uh, show this week. No podcast section as uh, Dane has a commitment that he has to make it to. So we're going to let Steve off the hook. I didn't even make Steve play commercials tonight, but I'd like to thank him for hanging out. Uh, Captain Rouse running aboard for us. You know, he, he kind of liked us being in person there with him I last know. week. He shared his pretzels and peanut butter with us. and uh, Well, you can hear Matt Painter talk about uh, the, the big shot that uh, Mr. Lawyer hit and what Purdue's outlook looks like for the rest of the week. With that, we're signing off. Tune in next Sunday for the Hager Hersey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly here on WZBD.